Hello and welcome to Finances Made Friendly, the podcast from Glasgow Credit Union, created to help you get the most out of your finances. I'm your host, Heather Sutty, and I've been a Glasgow Credit Union member for 12 years. I'm one of almost 60,000 members, and if you'd like to join, find out more at glasgowcu.com. On today's episode, we meet Sophie Dornan from Home Energy Scotland. She'll be discussing all things energy, how you can reduce your energy bills, lower your carbon footprint, and the funding available to help you through these difficult times. Loose Women TV presenter, broadcaster, and podcaster Kay Adams pops in to share her best ever investment. And in Busby Finances with Fergus, Fergus Muirhead debunks some commonly misunderstood financial terms. But first, Sophie, welcome. Hi there, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Tell us what you do at Home Energy Scotland. Yeah, so at Home Energy Scotland, I'm an outreach specialist. So every day I'm out in the community trying to raise awareness about the support that's available uh, and maybe help people access some funding as well. So for anyone who doesn't understand what Home Energy Scotland is, enlighten us, please. Yeah, um, Home Energy Scotland is a government-funded free and impartial advice service. Uh, So whether you're looking to take control of your energy bills or to go a little bit greener, we can help with expert impartial advice and also point you towards routes to funding as well. Brilliant. Earlier on this morning, I was on the Home Energy Scotland website and I immediately clicked on the Reduce My Bill section, which I'm sure is getting a lot of hits online just now. It's listed many ways of how to reduce energy at home and some practical tips. Would you be able to give us just some practical tips yourself on how we can reduce our energy to save money? Yeah, absolutely. There's an absolute wealth of different things that you can do if you're not already doing them. Um, Little changes in your behaviours, for example, just switching off appliances that you're not using, making sure they're not left on standby, that can save you £65 a year and also reduce the carbon you're using by 40 kilograms. Um, So it's it's really quite a lot. Um, We've got a whole range of little little behaviours like that that you can do. Tell us what an energy makeover is. So an energy makeover is thinking about the efficiency of your home. Um, With bills climbing, there's definitely things you can do to reduce the amount of energy that you need to use. So an energy makeover would be looking at things like maybe getting a more modern heating system or increasing your insulation to make the most of the heat that you're using. Um, If you weren't sure where to start on that or you didn't know how to go about an energy (laughs) makeover, um, there's documents called energy performance certificates that are available for any property that's been bought, sold or rented in the past 10 years. This will give your house an energy rating and it'll also give you a wee section where it recommends things to improve. Uh, So it could be a really good place to start. I'm loving this. One of the things that I've done in my own flat, I live in a top floor, is I've got draft excluders (laughs) on my door, which basically, you know, my gran used to have, you know, many, many moons ago. Now, the UK has some of the oldest homes in Europe. What are the low-cost ways of insulating your home Draft excluders aside. So insulation holds in the heat that you produce. Um, So for example, um, in a house which doesn't have insulated walls, you lose about a third of the heat you're producing. It's 33%. A third? Yeah, it's it's really quite quite a chunk. Um, And then if you go for your loft, you know, if that's uninsulated, your heat rises, you're losing a fair chunk out of that. Um, Your floors can be insulated as well. Um, So getting all of these put in place, it reduces the amount of heat that's being lost. And so you'll have have your heating on for less time um, because it'll get warm faster and it'll lose its heat slower. Uh, so it's just an absolute win for comfort and for your purse. 
loving this. If we install renewable heating systems, will that result in people paying less for heating their homes as well as everything else? It can do, but it really does depend on the suitability of your property. Um, so renewable heating systems generally depend on your house being really well insulated. Yeah. So that would really be the first port of call. Um, if you find that your house is drafty or um, isn't insulated, um, it just means that the renewable heating system would have to work a lot harder in order to keep your home warm. Um, so yes, it could reduce your costs, but only if it was suitable for it for your home and you've done the right measures in advance of getting that put in place. That makes total sense. What about checking to make sure you're getting the best deal? How can people make sure that they're on the best tariff? Yeah, so at the moment, it is quite difficult with these unprecedented times. Um, there often aren't a lot of good deals available. Your energy supplier on your regular statements would definitely let you know if there was anything better available with them. Just at the bottom of your bill, they'll maybe say there's a cheaper tariff available um, or something like that. Um, and Offgem do also have quite a handy supplier switching tool where you can put in your energy usage uh, and it lets you kind of see real figures. Uh, one thing I would definitely be aware of if you are thinking about switching supplier is a lot of them do have fees at the moment for leaving early um, so it would be definitely worth checking if you're thinking about leaving if you're going to have to pay anything and also checking the new supplier if they're going to ch charge you to leave as well. Okay so just to recap Offgem is the first place to check then um, check the, the tariffs and also inquire as to whether or not there's a, a fee basically for switching. Yeah, um, my own mum actually this year, she her tariff ended. She was trying to find a good deal as these prices were climbing and she did find one. It was elevated. Um, but when I checked the kind of small print for her, it was a £400 exit Whoa. fee. Now on her previous contract, it was a £50 exit fee and it just shows you that's to lock her in. And if the if the prices were to come down, say next year, not that, not that we know what the future of the bills are, but uh -huh. if they were to come down, she would be stuck in at that higher price. So it's definitely a good idea to be savvy with that and, and make sure that you know what any of those hidden fees might be. And I think that's a really good point, especially for, you know, our mums and dads, people of a certain generation that maybe aren't au fait with checking the small print or maybe having access online to check different tariffs. So what would you recommend that maybe older people or people who maybe don't have access to online resources could do? Yeah, I mean, you can always go to places like Citizens Advice, um, Advice Works, places like that. They can definitely help you. Um, just because you're not as digitally savvy does not mean that you should be excluded from getting these bills kept down. And there should definitely be someone to help you. Um, and you could give uh, Home Energy Scotland a call as well if, if you were looking for some advice around that and weren't too sure. Completely agree. Thank you for that. That's really brilliant. Should people be cancelling their direct debits and paying monthly instead with up-to-date meter readings? So with the kind of rise of smart meters, a lot of people are getting that real time um, kind of knowing exactly what their bills are meant to be. And knowledge is power. That's really great for helping you to budget. Um, whether or not you want to cancel your direct debit and pay monthly, that's kind of depends on what you're wanting to do around your bills. I myself like my direct debit because, for example, the bills might be a bit cheaper in the summer mm -hmm. and I don't think I could afford it at like a December <laughs> bill, really, especially with how cold it had been. Um, so I like that balance over the year um, but it, it just depends on on what you're looking to do and how you're trying to budget 
Super. So we know making our homes more efficient can help lower our energy bills. But I think for many people, just the thought of even the word home improvements like insulation or upgrading the heating might put them off because it's a huge big thing potentially in their head, but also the added cost, at least in the short term. Is there any funding available? And would you be able to talk me through some of the grants and loans and just general finance help that's available to people? Yeah, absolutely. If you are listening to this and you're thinking, I want to start upgrading my home, that sounds like the next step for me, get in touch with us. Home Energy Scotland has a wealth of support available. Um, and I wouldn't just assume like, oh, I'm not going to be entitled to anything because you don't know unless you ask. Mm -hmm. um, so some of our schemes, uh, one of the first ones is called Warmer Home Scotland. Mm -hmm. um, this is a scheme that would be suitable for you if you own or private rent your house, uh, if you've lived there for over 12 months, and if you meet certain eligibility criteria. Now, I'm not going to list them right now because <laughs> we'd be here for a while. There's a whole different range of ways that you could be eligible. Um, but you could check on our website and, and see there. Uh, with Warmer Homes Scotland, we arrange a surveyor to come out uh, and they assess your house. They look at all things energy efficiency related uh, and they come up with a list of measures that they think would make your house more comfortable, bring down your bills. From there, you decide what you want um, and there's generally not a whole lot of customer contributions. So it's normally paid for by the government. Um, if you're looking at contribution, it's when you've maybe got a particularly large house mm -hmm. or a particularly expensive uh, improvement. And I would say as well that we have support available if you do have some contribution. Um, if you didn't meet that eligibility criteria mm -hmm. or if, say, that scheme wasn't the one for you, we do also have the Home Energy Scotland Grant and Loan Fund. Um, so this would be for homeowners um, and it means that you can get part of your improvement paid for by the Scottish Government and also have an interest-free loan available to spread out the rest of the cost. Uh, the energy performance certificates that we discussed earlier, mm -hmm. they're a really great way to see what improvements you need um, and if it's recommended on there. Generally, that means that you would be able to get some support to get it put in place. Um, you can access that online for free as well on the Scottish Energy Performance Certificate Register. Quite a mouthful. Um, that's EPC Register for short. I love the sound of Warmer Home Scotland. I did not know that was available. It's a pretty fantastic scheme. Uh, one of my own family members got it last summer uh, and she just couldn't believe it, even when they were installing it. Um, they did so many things. Um, they even changed her light bulbs um, for her. Uh, she, they found out she had halogen bulbs uh, and replacing just one halogen bulb with an LED will save about £6 a year. So you can imagine if they've gone round to her whole house and taken out each light bulb, the immediate savings that she's having just from that little thing. It all adds up, doesn't it? Now, the UK government did create a cost of living package last year, some of which was to help the most vulnerable households get through the winter. Is this still ongoing or is it finished now? So we're, we've all got one more payment of the, the £400 that every domestic account was entitled to. Um, in the coming year, there is um, kind of two main things that are put in place to help us. Um, I'm sure people will be aware of the energy price guarantee that was in place. Um, that is rising to £3,000, but that will be in place to protect us until April 1st of 2024. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of means that we're guaranteed that prices aren't going to rise more than that um, on a typical household's use. Um, and there is also um, a lot of money that's been put in place for local authorities for more vulnerable and lower income households and that's at their discretion. Um, so if you are struggling and if you are finding that the bills are not manageable, then get in touch with your local authority, see what schemes they've got in place to help you out. I love the fact they're changing it on the 1st of April. It's not even funny. 
yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, what are some of the most eco-friendly ways that you can generate energy for your home, would you say? There is some fantastic renewable technologies available these days. A lot of them I did not even know existed until I started working for Home Energy Scotland. Um, so in terms of heating systems, um, you've got things like air source heat pumps. Um, now these basically work like a fridge in reverse. They take air from the outside, compress it and, to, and pass it over a heat exchanger mm -hmm. uh, to, to create warm water for your home. Um, so it, you would still have typical radiators. They're a little bit larger than average um, and they're a great way. Uh, they're one of the most popular ways at the moment to heat your home without using uh, fossil fuels. Uh, some of the other things that are available are um, solar photovoltaic panels. Um, so these are panels that go on generally a south facing roof mm -hmm. uh, and they generate electricity. Uh, they are probably the most popular renewable technology in the UK um, but it's just because they're typically suitable for a lot of properties and everyone uses electricity mm -hmm. um, so they can be a great way to, to reduce your bills. Um, there is other things like solar water heating which is similar to solar panels except they generate heat for hot water um, and all of these different systems have some pretty great government support to help you to help you get them if it's something you want to adopt. What about some lo-fi suggestions like draft excluders, hot water bottles? <laughs> yeah absolutely um, so the, uh, the first one that I always drill home to people is change your light bulbs. If you have halogen bulbs at home, you're paying 10 times almost what you need to for your lights. Um, so one of the ways that you can check if you're not too sure um, in the house, turn the light on, wait only a few seconds because we don't want any injuries. Um, and if that light bulb, if you put your hand up towards it and you're feeling any heat, that's a halogen bulb. Right. Replacing it with an LED will save £140 over the lifetime of the bulb. You don't have to replace them as often because mm -hmm. they don't blow. Um, and it's just an absolute win-win because you don't have to change what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, other things as well, um, if you have a tumble dryer at home, if you consider line drying your clothes instead, that'll save you about £70 over the year. Mm -hmm. uh, other things as well um, one of the ones I did this year which actually made me a lot more comfortable over winter as well as saving some money was putting reflective radiator panels down the back of my radiator Ooh, interesting. Um, so yeah a lot of people don't even know what no. these are um, I picked mine out of a bargain bin in a supermarket last year for less than a tenner no. so it is a really really cheap thing to do um, it looks like tinfoil that's uh -huh. padded like a coat okay. um, you cut it to size and stick it down the back of your radiators um, it's particularly useful on external walls because basically what it does is bounce the heat back into your room and you're not paying to heat the bricks of your house you're getting you're getting the best of it um, so that can save you 35 pounds a year um, but the big thing about that is aside from saving you money it will make your rooms warmer and more comfortable as well so it's, it's a kind of double win love it and obviously there's candles as well like I don't know about you but I have loads of candles in my flat just because I like the light and obviously it saves on electricity as well Candles, yeah, they, they do heat up a room in quite a surprising way. I don't have any in my house because I'm a bit of a fire hazard, um, <laughs> but they are they are a good option if you if you can be trusted with them. <laughs> Super. I get a real sense that you love your job. I absolutely do. I'm really passionate about it. I feel really privileged to have been given a position where I get to help people in such a difficult time every single day. Uh, and I really believe in what Home Energy Scotland is doing. So it's, it's nice to come to work every day to that. We've got some questions from listeners, if you wouldn't mind answering them. Yeah, is that okay? Absolutely. Okay, so the first question is, so what help is available if you're struggling with your bills? 
So there is support available if you are finding that you're not able to afford your bills or um, you're, you really are falling into arrears or just don't know what you're going to do, please do just give us a call. I would urge you to get in touch with us uh, and just see what we can do because it, it could be that a half hour phone call takes all those worries away. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. If you invest the time to contact Home Energy Scotland, I get a real feel that you'll walk away with some great solutions that will save you both time and money. The second question was asked several times actually and the question was, does turning off my TV at the socket at night and other small measures such as not leaving things on standby, well I'll start again, <laughs> standby, <laughs> I'll say that again, standby actually make a difference or not? It absolutely does. Um, as I mentioned before, um, making sure that your appliances are off of standby and completely off can save you about £65 a year uh, and 40 kilograms of carbon. Uh, we call appliances like those vampire appliances. Mm -hmm. um, you're paying for a little red light to be on at the bottom of your TV um, for, for no good reason. Um, another one as well, I know a lot of people have games consoles these days mm -hmm. and a lot of people want them left switched on for updates because they want to be able to pick up and play. Most consoles at the moment have an eco mode where they'll run the updates and then switch themselves off. So it could be worthwhile maybe getting on at the kids as well to, to do that because <laughs> that, that'll definitely help keep those bills down too. Super. You've just made me think of something else. In terms of, you know, when we use our washing machines or tumble dryers, is there a good time during the day or at night to be using those types of appliances? So there used to be, that's a bit of an old wives tale, it's a, it's a really common question that I get. People think that it's cheaper maybe to run your washing machine in the evening. Um, this was in properties that used to have a dual rate meter. So some people may still be on this if they are an all electric house, but it has definitely been getting phased out. Um, this was where people would pay one rate for electricity during the day, which mm -hmm. would be a bit higher. And then their electricity would be cheaper during the night when the grid was quieter. Um, so you can check if that's the type of rate that you're on on your bills it would show you those two different rates but if you're not on a dual rate tariff then it's the same price morning afternoon night um, and maybe be a bit more popular with the neighbors if you're not running your washing machine uh, after 10 o'clock when the kids are in bed right that's great because I've been putting my washing machine on at like eight o'clock at night because I thought that that was cheaper it's not. It's only if you would, were on that dual rate tariff right. would it make a difference. Okay. And also, you mentioned eco mode earlier. Um, is it better to use the eco mode on things like the washing machine? Will that save money? Absolutely. Making sure that your washing machine is a full load every time can save you about £17 a year. Uh, and then you want to make sure that it's on like a kind of eco setting, 30 degrees, unless you've got something maybe really soiled or, you know, your nurse's scrubs or, or that <laughs> kind of thing. But uh, making sure that that's, that's it, it, kind of eco mode, 30 degrees is, is definitely a good way to keep the, the bills down and your laundry clean as well. <laughs> Love it. Sophie, you've given us so many brilliant energy saving and money saving tips today. What's the biggest one that you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, um, the absolute number one thing that can save you money um, is turning your thermostat down by one degree. Um, so we do recommend a kind of temperature of about 18 to 20 degrees. Um, and if you're sitting higher than that, turning it down by one degree can save you £145 over the year uh, and 295 kilograms of carbon. Um, so get a jumper on, turn it down by one degree and, and that's a fair chunk of money off your bills. Absolutely. Let me ask you this then. Is it better to blast the heating for like half an hour or have it on a lower temperature for an hour? Yeah, so um, that was something that I used to do. I would come in from work and the house would be freezing, freezing yeah. and I would turn the heating right up 
um, but it doesn't make it heat up any faster. Um, so you're actually better turning it to the temperature that you want and waiting for it to get there. Um, another myth that, that people seem to be getting at the moment um, is an idea that you should have your heating turned on at a low rate mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. um, and then turn it up when you're cold. The big thing with that is if your heating is on, you're paying for it. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're out and you've got that heating turned down at a low rate, it's costing you money to heat mm -hmm. a space you're not using. Um, so I would only have your heating on when you're home, when you're going to use it, uh, and just be really aware of what you've got that thermostat turned to as well. And I suppose as well, if you're only in one room, let's say if you're in the living room, you can turn the radiators off in all the other rooms? Yeah, um, you get thermostatic radiator valves, which is the little thing with numbers on it at the sides. Um, in rooms that you're not using, like in your kitchen, and your bathroom, maybe having those turned down to one, you wouldn't want them turned all the way off because um, it can leave you at risk of damp and, and things like that. You want a little base level of heat. Um, but having those at one and maybe having the ones in your living room or your bedroom turned up a bit higher, mm -hmm. just again, means you're only paying to heat the space you're using. So it's a great idea. And also lighting, like when I was wee, if I left the big light on in my bedroom, my dad would come in and say, this is like the Blackpool Illuminations. <laughs> you know, should we be turning down lighting? You know, does it, if we turn the dimmer switch down on the lighting, you know, does that save electricity? I'm not sure about how bright your lights affect the, the energy cost, but it's mainly the type of light that you're using. Mm -hmm. um, so things like low energy bulbs and LED bulbs, they're where you're going to get the, the saving, um, whether they're a dimmer or, or not. And switch the big light off. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, you're a wealth of knowledge, aren't you? <laughs> What's that phone number, please? Yeah, so if you want to get in touch with us, our number is 0808-808-2282. We're open Monday to Friday, 8am till 8pm, and Saturday 9 till 5 as well. Um, if you don't feel like giving us a call, I know some people are a little bit less confident with that, on the homeenergyscotland.org website, we have a little widget where you can ask us to get in touch with you by email as well. Brilliant. I just also wanted to quickly say that there is a financial wellbeing hub on the Glasgow Credit Union website with links to relevant websites to help you if you're struggling with your bills. Because I think many people are really worried and, you know, your mental health can take a pounding when you're worried. Absolutely. As often when I'm out and about, I meet people who don't even want to talk to me initially because they're so stressed about it that they've buried their head in the sands. Um, but I would say that after like a little maybe 15, 20 minute conversation, you can see the relief. Um, and, you know, that saying a problem shared is a problem halved. Mm -hmm. I think with energy bills, it's actually kind of the same. And talking to someone who can help you get your head around it and come up with a plan to manage it, um, it can definitely take a lot of the weight off. Superb, Sophie. So before um, I thank you, and we say bye-bye. I've loved having you on the show this morning. I feel like I've learned so much and I know that other people will you know, want to learn more. If anyone is interested, whether they're a community group or a business or individuals, how can they invite someone like you along to help? Yeah, um, we absolutely love speaking to anyone who'll talk to us. Uh, we can offer advice stands. We have a whole range of workshops um, on saving energy and other ways to go greener. Uh, if you were interested in getting any of that set up, you could give us an email at partnerships at homeenergyscotland.co.uk. Uh, if you get in touch with us, we can try and get some dates set up to, to come out and talk to you. Sophie Dornan from Home Energy Scotland. Thank you so much. And it's over to you, Fergus. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Fuss Free Finances with me, Fergus Muirhead. 
As ever, I'm asking, how well do you understand financial jargon? As according to recent research, almost half of us have had money issues due to misunderstanding commonly used terms. Today's term is one that 47%, that's almost half of us, don't understand, despite it being a key part of borrowing money, APR. APR is commonly mentioned in adverts for loans, mortgages and credit cards, but financial acronyms can be easily misunderstood. So, what is APR? APR stands for Annual Percentage Rate, and it's really important to understand what this means. APR is designed to tell you how much it would cost to borrow money over a year, including the interest and annual fees that you'll pay as part of that borrowing. You'll often see APR described as representative. Representative APR is meant to help you quickly and easily compare different loans or credit cards. But because it's representative, the actual rate you pay back could be different. The representative APR advertised is the rate available to at least 51% of those accepted for that product. What you pay will depend on your personal financial credit score or credit worthiness. When you successfully apply for a credit card or loan, you'll be told the APR that you'll pay. You may pay more or sometimes you may pay less. Many credit unions, including Glasgow Credit Union, offer clear interest rates which are guaranteed not to change after the application process. This can help you better understand your repayment amounts before applying for a loan. How APR works is best explained with an example. If you borrow £1,000 on a credit card with a 12% APR and you don't repay any of that debt, you'll pay 12% of the £1,000 that you borrowed, so it will cost you £120 in interest over the course of a year. The APR is typically added to your debt on a monthly basis. To find the monthly interest, divide the APR by 12. The monthly rate on a 12% APR is 1%. If you owe £1,000, you'll be charged £10 in interest each month. The longer the period over which you spread your repayments, the lower the monthly cost, but the higher the overall interest paid. Now that's APR which is not to be confused with AER, which is a completely different meaning. AER stands for Annual Equivalent Rate, and that's the amount of interest that you'll earn on your savings and deposits over the course of a year. The representative AER allows you to compare different savings products. So think of the APR as a cost, because you'll be paying interest, and the AER as a saving, because you'll be earning interest. Heather, back to you. Now let's hear from Kay Adams. Kay. My best investment ever is definitely my parka coat. Um, I must have got it about 15 years ago and I remember it cost £220. And I sweated over whether I would buy this coat because it seemed a hell of a lot for a parka uh, 15 years ago anyway. But anyway, I took the plunge. I thought, yeah. And I didn't do it because it was practical, I did it because I thought it looked really cool, but my goodness, that parka over the years, if I was to break down the cost per wear, I think we would be into fractions. Living in Scotland and our rather unpredictable weather, it has been my own personal microclimate for all of that time. And I am not giving it up anytime soon despite the fact that my partner regularly threatens to burn it. 
you'll have to you'll have to chuck me out first i can tell you follow and subscribe to the finances made friendly podcast today to make sure you never miss an episode thanks for joining me heather sutty on this week's episode Please note that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and shouldn't be construed as financial advice.